What's our relationship with time? Episode number 86. Episode 39. Can't pull that off. <laughs> <laughs> All right, you ready? I'm Clay Lowe. And I'm Sarah Beth Hunt. You're listening to the Havana Cafe Sessions podcast. Where we get together once a week over coffee to talk about the big questions of life. Let's get into the show. All right, welcome. Hello. To another episode of the Havana Cafe Sessions podcast. I actually had a dream last night. I remembered as I walked in the door that they had um, sold this place and totally transformed it into something different and hadn't told us. And then we showed up and it was like a warehouse. You know, it was just like oh, something yeah. else. And we I was don't like, want that. what happened? What happened? So you know what's going to happen is they're going to put it up for sale and then we're going to have to do a crowdfunding to get everyone to help <laughs> us raise the cash to buy the place. And then we could turn it into... Um, a cafe slash philosophical more, yeah. um, You're gonna be place to that. hang out. Yeah, absolutely. I'm going to be uh, in the back. You know, we can have big discussion forums going on and drink your coffee and come and I'm gonna do research. I'm going to be the elusive, <laughs> introverted uh, mm. one that just smiles and quickly walks through. Yeah, that'll be this, the gig. All right, so interesting topic we have today, and I think we got a number of different levels that we can approach this topic and the topic is time. Yeah. Time, time, time. And I'm immediately, and I'm thinking of a Matrix quote, of course. Yeah. Uh, Mer- was it Merovingian? How do we I mean, ever have time? Yeah, that's if we it. We don't make time. That's it. How yeah. can you ever have time if you don't, if you never take time? Take time. Yeah. So yes. And it's a funny thing with time because a lot of times you hear people say, "Well, I don't have enough time to do this, and I have enough time to do that." And then we've done an episode on busyness, yeah. so we like to fill time with doing things. But we want to we want to metaphysically look at time itself, the concept. Well, there was um, so just as I was mentioning last week that um, interview with that writer John O'Donohue, who's Irish. Uh, he said something else that was sort of in a separate category of time, and that's what sparked my wanting to talk about this this week. And he says, one of the huge difficulties of modern life is the way time has become the enemy. And I thought, I I think that not only resonates with me, but probably 90% of people in the Western world is it, you know, it feels like time sort of chasing you sometimes. Well, that's interesting that you say that, because I think, um, has time always been the enemy? But uh, maybe it's just a modern phenomena that we have this relationship with time that we're in a race against time yeah. or we're doing things um to sort of fit in as much as we can before we kind of die and i was thinking of uh, you, you literally just made me think of the pink floyd song time do you know that one it's off the dark Sing side it. of the, it's the dark side of the moon I'm sure I know. yeah um and it'd be worth linking to uh link into the in the show notes to that one and it's an interesting one because it, it and it resonated with me when, when i was younger but it also resonates with me as i got older as well and partly the story in it is a, you, you meet the 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 singer of the, the narrator of the song is when he's young and he's like he's got all the time to, so he's not doing very much because he's got all the time to kill in the world so he is just relaxed and chilling because he's got time to kill and then he wakes up 10 years later or he realizes 10 years later that you know he's that much older um, and then he's looking around and one of the questions he, uh, he says in there are statements is I missed the starting gun so he didn't realize that he was in this race right. <laughs> and because um, he's just been kind of chilling and then he reaches a point in the song where he's now old and it feels like he's just that he's running to catch up with the sun but it keeps sinking 
and then he gets older and one day closer to death. And so it's an interesting song to have a listen to. And again, it's that concept. In fact, it's a good concept of how we relate to time. So yeah. when you're younger, time probably didn't really exist when you're really young. I mean, it was built around, you know, no, food time, right. eat yeah. time, but you don't have a real concept of no. time. It's like, oh, you're in the present, aren't you? So you're not really, well, one, you can't tell time, so you don't have a watch. So <laughs> as a concept, it doesn't really mean anything to you apart from, when mom and dad start saying it's bedtime, food time, that kind of thing. Time but to turn off the pad. Time to turn off the pad. <laughs> time to, you know, yeah. take a nap, those sorts of things. But, uh, yeah, so this relationship that we have with time, um, I've never really... I like that statement you just said, as in it's time is almost the enemy or the, yeah, it's our adversary. Yeah, yeah. 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 When John Donahue is talking, he sort of says that this... I think he sort of believes that this is a sort of modern and, and particularly Western relationship with time, which is, of course, spreading as globalization and capitalism and consumerism and all, all this stuff is spreading. Um, but he says in Ireland, there's still this sense that you have time um, and that... You know, you can sort of, that there's a sense of time. He says that there's time for things, you know. So, and, and that just, in the way that he's talking, feels very different than sometimes the way life feels for me. So yeah. it's like, you know, there's, ta- there, there's moments or, or periods in your life where you feel like there's enough time to do whatever it is you need to do. And I remember, like, at university, you know, there was plenty of time to go for you know, random walks with people and sitting in cafes and just talking, haha, like we are right now. Yeah, absolutely. You know, I think as you co- you can come into a different zone and then you do feel that, like, you're chased by time and that there's never enough time to get through all the things you have to do. But that's interesting you say that. And because when you go on holiday, all of a sudden time takes on a different fashion. It seems totally. like, you, you know, you're not... You're not concerned with the clock then, unless you try and pack everything in the holiday and you want to have a busy one, but when you do your relaxing ones... And I think that's the real symbol, like, like, sort of sign that you've actually relaxed is when you've taken a long enough holiday that you forget what day it is, Hmm. and you sort of are just floating about in time, and that it's, it's being released from that, what... Uh, what John O'Donoghue calls sort of surface time that's really rapid fire, that's completely scheduled, and you sort of come into a different relationship with time. And of course, that's on holiday, but you know. Yeah, well, it happens in a number of different places as well. I think when we think about the flow state, which we've talked about mm-hmm. in the podcast before, time can speed up, time can slow down. Yeah. Um, I just want to tie. Um, was it Tom Hotskin's book, How to Be Idle? Because yeah. he does a good portion in his um, in the introduction in the very first par- uh, chapter in him called AAM waking up is hard to do and he starts to talk about where time took on this modernization aspect so when we started moving into the sort of industrial age and then of course you've got factories and factories have to run on schedules so now we need a watch and yep. you know, so now we put this thing on our on, on our this machine, rest, this machine yep. so that we can stay in sync with production and, and, and that sort of yep. time took on even more of a uh, significance to us in that way because it, it was a symbol of the sort of productivity and it's time to do this, we've got to do lunchtime as opposed to 
eat it when you're hungry. Yeah. Now we say you got to eat breakfast at or this when time. The bell, when the lunch bell rings. Lunch bell rings. Yeah. Now it's time to eat. So, I mean, you could probably relate a whole bunch of problems to that and talk about obesity and all those sorts of things where we feel like we have to be regimented in the time. So you got to have breakfast at breakfast time in quotation marks, which is, you know, between 7 and sort of 8 or whatever. Then you got to have lunch at lunchtime. You know, in these mo- most companies, it's between 12 and sort of 2. And then you got to have dinner at dinner time. Um, and then, as opposed to, I'll eat when I'm hungry, if that's at well, and I think, you know, to, to sort of give another kind of picture of that as well, surely, you know, nowadays, if people are cooking lunch for, you know, a cafeteria or something, you have to have it, you know, ready at exact time that, you know, people are going to come down to take their lunch. Whereas in the past, you would have cooked the lunch and rung the bell mm. and it was ready, and then people would have come in. Yeah. So it's like around about the same time, but that, that regimented sort of exactness wouldn't have been there, I think. And I think it's gotten worse, though, in, at least in the corporate world, what time is then we don't actually make time or take time to eat, and we're becoming... I don't know if we talked about the 24-hour society on the podcast in, in, in the past, but I, was, I remember if this is going back probably six or seven years, and there was a, there was a number of articles when, when this whole sort of 24-hour um, society was coming into play because we got the smartphones, and now yeah. when you're, you, know, you see people sending emails at, that, you know, at, at work, you're getting work emails at people writing emails at 11, 12 o'clock at night. Um, and when you go on holiday, there's an expectation that you take your BlackBerry with you, or your, you know, now it's yeah, the iPhone, yeah. but you take that with you, that you're yeah. always accessible and you're never turning off um, from that. And I remember, because um, there's this pill that can make you could take that is equivalent to like four hours of sleep. And so people have been trying to get those on the sort of black market and all of those. Um, and, I, and it was the There's same a for me. pill you can take yeah. that's equivalent but, to four hours of sleep? It was mainly made for or prescribed to like people that do shift patterns to help them to transition back to a regular sort of pattern because they kind of get out of sync but people that get trapped in this sort of 24-hour society were wanting to take them so that they can sleep less and do more take this pill and this doctor was saying you know if you if you need a pill for that you need to actually reevaluate how you're living if you don't have enough time to sleep is basically what he was saying he's yeah. like you need to really relook your life if you don't have time to sleep but it, it is that it's like well um you know we're always on not off the clock people are you yeah. know yeah and it's just it's it's mad in that relationship to productivity and, and i know we've we're probably all over the place here on this subject but it relates to so many of the topics that we talked about in the past you know productivity but it, that's you know, you know, the push, the emphasis is to be productive. You don't waste time. Use your time and, and always be yeah. consuming time. I think that's what's nice for me to, to constantly go back to this because this is a topic that I'm really interested in, particularly because it's one of those things that we just don't even consider. We, like, t- just completely take for granted that there's 24 hours in a day and that this way of relating to time is a natural and is the only way of relating to time. Now, is there actually a thing called time? Is that where you go next? Well, no, so I mean, going going back, 
it's interesting to think that there, there's a history of time, that there's a history of the of the the change in the way that we have related to time. And like you said, with the Industrial Revolution, that's when this really regimented, specific, minute by minute mm. kind of time comes in. There's this book um, that I had on the shelf called Faster by James um, Gluck. And uh, so again, he sort of starts this going through some of the, the histories. And he sort of says, in the past, the bell would have marked the time. So whether you're talking about the sailors aboard ships, the contemplation of monks in abbeys, the clattering of bushes upstairs, yeah. <laughs> you know, that, that it would have been a bell that rang you in. And there's something that I believe that, that that is a marker of time. It's a little bit looser. Do you know what I mean? Mm. It's not so minute by minute regimented. He says, but then he sort of starts talking about what changed with the Industrial Revolution and the clock. And he says, no wonder historians have described the timekeeping in terms of dehumanization and enslavement because the mechanized factory men are syn- became synchronized to machines that have more regular habits than men. So, you know, we don't really recognize that the clock is a machine that, and that keeps an exact kind of measurement of time yeah. that is not necessarily the way that humans would naturally relate to time. Yeah. You know, and we, and we know that there are different ways we relate to time. We know that sometimes you sleep and you think that you've slept all night and you wake up, it's just one o'clock in the morning. And sometimes, you, you know, there's times like, yesterday I haven't been feeling well and I took a nap. Like in the morning I wasn't gonna wake up to get the kids from school. And I would like close my eyes and then open them again, thinking that it had been ages. It was like five minutes, yeah. you know. And similarly, you know, we can daydream and lose ten minutes of our, our time because we're just off in a complete other space. Yeah. When we go into flow with work, time shifts. When we're on holiday, our relationship to time switches. So Casual funny times also the speeds up. Sometimes it slows down so, depending yeah, on the activity. Right. That's right. That you're, doing. you're enjoying things when yeah. you're, when you're really bored. Time seems to really slow down. So we we sort of know all of this, but we don't or at least I didn't for a long time make the connection between that, my experience of the varying nature of my relationship with time, and the fact that actually running your life by a a clock is kind of false and creates a a certain different relationship to time that's not necessarily natural for us. So, you know, I mean, he talks about all kinds of things, but um, in this book, but he basically, one of the other things he talks about is how China tried to ward off this idea of the mechanical clock and, and treated time instead as something that the sovereign was, you know, in charge of and not the people. So, you know, there's sort of, in that to me, there's a sense that Time is something that you can use if you, quote unquote, control it. You can use to control others, if you see what I mean, which is what the Industrial Revolution was about. It was about taking hold of control of time and then using it to control workers about when they ate and when they came to work and, you know, how much work they did and etc. And, uh, yeah, anyway. I think it's... Um 
I know from different experiences that I've had in relationship to time. So there's, well, there's this thing, there's this idea that time actually doesn't exist, but it's really just, it's only a measure of change, but the actual concept of time doesn't exist, but we created it to mark change. Right. Whether it's a change in season, whether it's a change in, you know, light, light that sort of thing. Interesting. But other than that, there isn't actually a concept called time uh, in terms of a force. Like there's gravity, you throw it up in the air and right. you, know, you react to, to um, well, and that sort of physical force, but it, we, time we, itself isn't actually... Yeah, and, and of course, our time is all in relation to the movement of one physical shape in relation to another. Hmm. So, you know, you have the sun, you have the earth, the amount of, you know, that it spins and the, you know, the... Someone yeah. clocked and marked it out that, you know, the, yeah. uh, you know, you know, they were very smart and said, okay, well, look, this is, I mean, so we created time to mark these changes and then I okay. could kind of start to, as now is what you're saying there, yeah, well, now we could start to um, be more regular with time now in quotations mark because I have a sense of when different parts of the day are we've reached to, so noon or and you've I, reached and I think, evening. You know, exactly. I think this idea that of this kind of time is not new. Of course, everyone was having sundials, you mm. know, in, in the ancient world and, you know, understanding tons about astronomy and, and stuff. But I think, the, I, I suppose the point is that it was hours and, and big portions of a day that were marked. It wasn't minutes. Yeah. And that's, that's a real difference that's because then you get into a real rapid fire zone yeah. with time. I find that, um, and, that's, and that equates to when you're on holiday, isn't it? Because really? you're not looking at minute by minute, but you, you're kind of more big block time. When I did the Camino in, um, in uh, Spain, and, 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 and all of I go sort of low distance tracking relationship to time changes because you're not longer driven by the watch. So when I remember on the Camino, it's probably at the first three days, just still awareness of time because you still have the rest of the world that you were thinking about and, and the like. But then the time starts to disappear after that because really it, for us it was you wake up, whatever time that is, you start walking we get hungry, we eat, and then we continue walking until it starts to near the evening time. So it was probably the sun that was marking time for us, but so not the clock. It was the sun yeah. and uh, yeah. that was, yeah. Um, but then things didn't seem to go fast, they didn't seem slow, just didn't seem like time almost just disappears yeah. until you've so you consciously stop and say, well, what day is it? Yeah. <laughs> or what kind of time is it? But you just can totally lose track of mm -hmm. mechanical time. And I think it's that, that sort of thing of scheduling everything. I mean, I'm a big scheduler because, mm. you know, and, and I suppose in many ways with the way our life is, it's not only a choice. It's something that if you want to be a part of this world with all this stuff, you've got to schedule stuff in because that's how everybody works. But, you know, I think that it's really interesting then to, to think about what are the other options, you know. So, so for instance, um, I was reading that uh, the Zapatistas, you know, the Mexican sort of government in the, what was that, early 20th century, was when they were talking about um, the 
I'm, I'm going to get that history wrong, so sorry about that. Um, the, when they were referring to sort of the peasants that they were sort of representing in their movement and the slow, unscheduled processes that, that, that those people in that world functioned under, their, their saying was, we use time, not the clock. Yeah. You know, so I like, like that. Yeah. We use time, so, not the clock. Yeah, so it's like... Anyway. No, but I, you know, I like that. That's a good concept there. Because, I mean, cause you can, you know, you're looking at your watch constantly. You know, I would, I guess I would throw out a little mini challenge to folks is to, t- if you wear a watch, take your watch off. And that automatically freaks me out. Yeah, and then notice how many times you check your wrist. Yeah. <laughs> you know, um, or, put your, or put your clock, your watch on the other arm or what have you. But you become aware of how often you actually noticing or checking time and yeah. in that yeah in that and it's literally you know for me many days it's by minutes you know it's like 15 minutes until I've got to go here or 10 minutes until I've got to go here or half hour see I consider myself here. a time optimist I always underestimate how much time I actually have to do stuff like uh, like the other day, Monday, Tuesday, I had to fly up to Edinburgh, and I, you know, I get up early and that kind of stuff. But for me, I get lost in, so I'm not paying attention to mechanical time. I'm, I'm on clay time, <laughs> so I, I had in my mind when I needed to leave to get to the airport. But before I knew it, I was beyond that time, so I just barely <laughs> made it to it because I, this is I it. tend to not pay attention to time. In that's that way. Thing. That's right. And, you yeah. know, I mean, you know, for me having two kids at school, and this is the same for people who are, you know, working at a, you know, job that's not self-employment or whatever, mm. is that there's a specific time Did you, you have to be there. Get to a space, yeah. Exactly. And it's, you know, it's literally like within a 10-minute window mm. by their side. And it's funny because, you know, in the early years of, like, watching kids parents drop their little ones off at school you know so reception or kindergarten like then you're one and two and stuff where you still have a lot of people who are you know telling babies in as well and stuff it's really tough because you can't really get there much earlier mm. and you you know five minutes it, for, in kid time mm. is like someone needs to go to the toilet yeah. or someone decides they don't want to put on their shoes or they put on their shoes and then they took their shoes off and suddenly that five minutes is gone and you're late. Yeah, no, so, you know, trying to get children to, to kind of conform to the requirements of clock time is, oh, such a stressful thing. Yeah, and we, we end up beating it in time eventually, don't we? So I was just thinking time and stress. Yeah, so we take a break and then we'll do time and stress. Yeah, so let's, let's take a break. And we'll also, because um, I asked a question on Facebook, what is time for? So if we can address that and I can read out some of the comments of answers that people awesome. have given to us. And then uh, we, can, we can do that when we come back. Thanks for listening to the podcast. We really enjoyed bringing you the episodes over the past two years. Our goal for 2018 is to grow our audience, our community of contemplators like you, and we would really appreciate your help with this. Now, there's a few things that you as a listener can do that are pretty easy and simple that will really help us out a lot. So if you enjoy the podcast and want it to continue, it would be great if you could share it with a few friends who you think might enjoy listening. Um, going to iTunes and giving us a review so that it boosts us in the algorithms and it can come across other people who might enjoy it. 
And if you'd like to financially support the podcast, you can go to the contribution section of our website. Thanks, and back to the show. All right, so let's get this second half off with, um, as I mentioned, Time, the Pink Floyd song. I'll just do some of the lyrics here. It goes, ticking away the moments that make up a dull day, flittering waste the hours in an offhand way, kicking around on a piece of ground in your hometown, waiting for someone or something to show you the way. Tired of lying in the sunshine, staying home to watch the rain, and you are young and life is long and there is time to kill today. And then one day you find ten years have got behind you, no one told you when to run, you missed the starting gun. And then as he sort of transitioned into the into old, older age, so you're running and run to catch up with the sun, but it's sinking, racing around to come up behind you again. The sun is the same in a relative way, but you're older, shorter of breath, and one day closer to death. And every year is getting shorter, and you never seem to find the time. Plans that either come to naught or half page or scribbled lines, Hanging on in quiet desperation is the English way. But it's a cold yeah. thing. <laughs> yeah. yeah, and it's just that whole relationship that we have to time. And I can see that. And one of the things I was thinking... It's from Walden, isn't it? The quiet desperation. Yeah, quiet desperation. I was thinking about this because we... Uh, Ruth's aunt's like 90-something. And then I was the other day wondering, what's it... They're a person at that old, the relationship to time is going to be even more pronounced. Like, what's in your mind when you think... You know, one of, I've outlived the um, average lifespan. Now I'm in my late, you know, mid-90s, and any minute time finishes for me. So I'm just, you know, in my head I'm trying to, even though that's, logically that's the same for all of us, because none of us know when our end of our time is, but it must be even more to the front of your mind at when you're older. What's, of course... Then my next thought, which is what's really interesting to me as well, is if you live in a culture in which there, the idea of reincarnation and rebirth is, is accepted as like normal, yeah. then your perception of time and your life is completely different again. Yeah. yeah, I think you're right. If you take, you know, again, if you take the view of... of, of because then of, there's infinite time. Yes. So if we have... In a weird, in a weird way that is also... Um, you know, time's ticking. Yeah. You know, there's, there's sort of can be both those layers at the same time, I think. I th- yeah, I think you're right. And in terms of your philosophical or spiritual orientation, you might have a different view. So it might be that actually time's infinite and I'm going to disappear into the soup and then come back. So time's only running out for this incarnation, but I have others. Um, or I guess you could look at it in another way from an existentialist point of view that there, this is it, yeah. <laughs> that there is no more, and that's a whole other way that you would then... Because um, I sometimes think, and I don't know that we were wanting to take it in the sort of spiritual route or religious route, I wonder sometimes that we created the idea of an afterlife to make people do more, as in... Um, or to make people to conform. Because the idea of an afterlife means that, especially one where there's a heaven or a hell necessarily, that you need to act this way if you want to mm. have a better afterlife. Um, well, that was the... His- and if so, because if we all knew, because this is, I guess, for the existential piece here, is that there is no afterlife, this is it. This whatever time that I have, there is no more. Would you use your time differently? 
what if you think, well, when I die, I get to go to heaven or I get to get reincarnated. I get to come back. It's, and it's infinite. And that way I can waste yeah. time, in quotation marks, as opposed to this is all the time I actually have. It doesn't, you know, that might, that might be, like, philosophically how people should think, but I don't find that to be how people actually think. Hmm. But I, I don't, which is, but I'm, yeah. and I guess if we consciously... Because we all seem in a race anyway, regardless of what we... I think we seem in a race, and this comes back to our business um, and our productivity and that sort of thing. I think we seem in a race because we've been sold the bill of goods that you have to, you can't waste time in quotation marks, and I think that's yeah. the thing. Waste time. Yeah. You need to be busy, you need to be doing this, you need to make the most out of life in quotation marks, you've got to do, cram all this stuff in. Yeah. Whereas maybe you could have a more um, uh, quality of life if you got rid of your filled in every yeah. tick in the time slot here that I'm here at this time like that. So yeah. if I had only three things to do, eat breakfast, eat lunch, <laughs> eat dinner, and whatever else happens, happens, you know, maybe my relationship to time and life would be a little bit different. I won't feel like I've got a squeeze of life. for me is, is always sort of how do we live in the world that is around us, that we are in, mm. and not feel like that John O'Donohue quote, quote that, life, that time is the enemy. And he also says, which is the other thing that really, like, you know, sparked my, my interest again in this, he, in that interview, he says, for me, philosophically, so he said, he's talking about stress, and he says, you know, there's lots of psychological discussions and research mm. on stress. But he says, for me, philosophically, stress is a perverted relationship to time, so that rather than being a subject of your own time, you've become its target and victim, and time has become routine. So time means routine mm. rather than something else. So at the end of the day, you probably haven't had a true moment to yourself to just be. So and I yeah. think that's, again, that sort of... There's two things that helped me, I think, that I had used to navigate through this. And one is um, you can only do what you can do in a day. So whatever I get done, I get done. I'm, I don't yeah. necessarily feel pressure to... I mean, yes, when I'm doing some client work or whatever and you got a deadline, then there's an artificial measure of, of an end. But my normal life outside of a deadline is yes like and even with a deadline is like i can only do what i can do in a day um, and be happy with that and i think the other thing is almost that time is what it is and at some point there won't be any time and so just be here present in the now kind of thing as opposed to because i think that other stress comes in the if we tend to live in the past or we tend to live in the future so we're so busy thinking about the future that we're kind of missing the present yeah and you're, everything that you're doing is focused on that as opposed to you know i'm here and i'm here now i saw a quote the other day from seneca and i'm thinking of the stoics in particular he was saying that to treat every day as if it's a new life so this is it this is the today is your life and then yeah wake up tomorrow is another life so um yeah so yeah it's yeah, I suppose it's people having to take that step back and think about what their individual relationship is to time. Also, you know, 
coming back into the idea or, or making making yourself aware, consciously aware of your relationship to time and whether or not you're living only in sort of what Don, uh, John Adonis calls surface time, which is like, you know, really rapid fire, minute by minute, super scheduled mm. time, or whether you're ever allowing yourself to sink down below the surface of that and live in a time or, or kind of come into a time that isn't clocked minute by minute. But that's not, you're completely unaware of the, you know, of the movement of the day, but that you're not keeping score, so to speak. It's an interesting thing. And, you know, I think for, you know, it's, it's, you know, the experience of being with kids is is like that, because if you're out in the woods with kids or something, it's just like, we're going to be here for an hour or two, and you, you sort of stop watching your clock. And I think in our lives right now, there's a certain amount that we have to accept we have to be part of clock time, because I have to pick the kids up from school at a certain time. And it's an exact time. And it has to be. Because, that, you know, I don't get to choose that. Yeah. But, but it's hard to for two seconds. Yeah. Because you can make your day stressful by putting in a lot of things before that 3 o'clock time. That's right. And then the stress comes because you're going, well, I've got till 3. And i got to squeeze all this in to 3. And so that makes your day stressful. Mm-hmm. If, as you say, look at big chunks as well. I know 3 o'clock, but I'm not going to fill up my day with a lot of stuff and yeah. so the time between now and three might seem like 24 hours yeah. because you're not stressing yourself That's out right. with a lot of different things to do. And, and, and sort of coming back into an acceptance that you're a human being and not a machine, <laughs> you know, it's actually uh, you're like... So, you're a cyborg. Cyborg, yeah. You know, that you have to allow yourself space and time to... You know that that that's sort of the buffer zone. Like you're saying, you literally can't schedule every moment in your day. You you have to give yourself some space to. Unless you're buying into the idea that you gotta you can't waste time. So if it's eight eight o'clock in the morning, and I have to pick up the kids till three, um, you say, oh, you drop the kids off at nine. I have to pick them up to three. So productivity would say you need to be doing something between nine and three. Otherwise, you're in quotation marks wasting time. So we fill that slot up with stuff. Well, things that you've always said to me is like, if you know, that time in that, in that rapid fire zone, in that mm. scheduled time, pro- which is related to productivity and not wasting time and efficiency and all that kind of stuff, you know, it's very much like, you know, someone said about a garden, if you, if you pull a plant out and you don't put something else in its place, weeds are going to grow. And, you know, it can, in that zone, it can really feel like that. If you don't schedule something that you want to get done, that time will get wasted. You know, you'll just fritter it away. Can you waste time, though? That's the thing. I think that that, we have to, like, interrogate that and say, is that only what we're saying is that we ended up doing things that we didn't actually want to do that weren't enjoyable? Mm. Or are we, are we in that saying moments of allowing ourselves to just be and be a human being and have a cup of coffee without like you know racing through it is that unacceptable you know even being whatever task you're doing because i think it doesn't have to be that you're doing something that you enjoy doing or does it have to be that you're idle 
I think if you can be present, whether you, if you're digging a ditch and you're present, I mean like really present, yeah. you'll have a different relationship to time. But I think well. that presence and that being, you know, the, there's that, you know, mindfulness is the sort of key phrase at the moment, isn't it? But I, my experience is, in order to stay in that space, you have to slow things down a little bit. You cannot be racing at, you know, 100 miles an hour through your day and stay present and mindful. You just can't. You have to. It's not that you have yeah. to, you know, walk around like you're in walking meditation all day long and like, you know, whatever. But you have to give yourself a little bit of space to not have to multitask 17 different things at once, to just do a task and then move to the next one. And that's really tough to do. Mm. And, um, and this is probably a whole other topic because um, we just mentioned it about multitasking. And I know there's a lot of different philosophies on um, the whole sort of multitasking. Like, I'm the kind of person that I like a number of things going on. And I think that's just because, you know, my... But you're only ever doing one thing at a time, actually. One, yeah, well, that's all you can do. You can only ever do one thing at a time. Um, but I have a lot of things on the go at any one time yeah. uh, um, in that sort of instance because I just like spinning those things around. Um, let's just let's address our, our Facebook the question that I, I put on Facebook the yesterday, I think it was, um, at 6.57 a.m. in the morning. Which is late for you, not for hours by then. Yeah, exactly. So this was, you know, just getting ready before I was getting ready to transition to my next part of the day. Um, something to contemplate over your coffee is what I said at tea this morning, is what is time for? And I got a number of responses off that. So from Aldo, he said it's a scam brewed up by an ancient Swiss jeweler, uh, jewelry makers, uh, to the corner bracelet market, the apple of their time. Um, and Louise said time was made for impatient people. So lady out in Australia, Samantha Bland said, and she's on uh, holiday at the moment. My watch broke last week, and I'm in Thailand. I've still not replaced it, and. I have no idea what time it is. Um, Janice said it's a countdown of everything. Gary said so we, so we can differentiate between what is and what was, which is interesting. Lorraine um, Burnett, she said to give you the dilemma of how, it, how to use it wisely. Um, and then someone else said it was for wasting. That was Paul. And David Payne, he said, it's merely a tool for the enlightened individual to use as they see fit. And Laura says, it's to ruin your creative space. <laughs> and then Eric says, it's to record history. So quite, quite a, a very list of responses there in terms of what is time for. And then, of course, Eckhart Tolle would say there's only the ever, well, and, and many people would yeah. say there's only the there's only now. There's literally only now. There's only one time. And I think that I think that's a good mindset to have. And you know, I you know, you, I know some of those sort of icebreaker questions that I have and some of the trainings that I do and one of um, oh, now I just lost my train of thought, but it's along that sort of lines about. Um, I think about that for me, time is just now, isn't it? There is no yeah. other time. There is no other time, but I think that you know we do have to have a perception of the future. So find, yeah, so we do, because yeah. I have to remember that I have to pick my children up from school. Like, I actually have to do that. You know, like, yeah, you philosophically, I can't, I don't, don't have, have to. But you don't have to focus on that. 
No, but I have to. You don't have to be, be concerned with no, that's the fact that. But that's what I'm saying is that I think that you have to find that there's a very subtle balance to find between being able to hold, to, to sort of learn from the past but let go of it. So that's in its own thing, yeah. a subtle art. Then to, to remember sort of what's coming up, like what you might be working towards and also what you, what responsibilities you have coming up in the future to other people in your life that you love and care about. But holding that in its, you know, again, without being obsessed by it, without being sort of taken over by it and living in that future that's not happening and, and being able to exist in the now. I think that's... You know, it's it's a very easy thing to say there's only now, but actually learning what that means in, as an experience for you and how to how to exist in that moment and not forget to k- pick the kids up from school. Like I can't just go on a walk and just be like, it's fine, it's just the now. So I guess you know, I'm, I'm not viewing the now as that that you forget about the future. I'm viewing it like for now, right? Yeah, so, but, but yeah. So, for me, we're, you, we were both we've both been pretty present on this podcast. Yeah. So you haven't actually been sat here thinking, well, at three o'clock I've got to pick up the kids. So your mind's yeah, distracted right, right, right. by that. So for me, that's that's what I mean by it. So yeah. if Just I'm, be with who you are at the yeah, moment. I'm here. Yeah. I know I got a watch and I got an alarm. will tell me that three o'clock here, but I'm not consumed by it. But I'm, yeah. I'm actually yeah. here, present, and you know I don't even know what I've got coming up just next because I've been at this yeah. moment been consumed with the podcast. And we'll finish. Yeah. And then I'll be like, oh, man, what else I got to do? Yeah. Um, and sometimes even like when you're walking, it's quite easy to miss the things that are around you because you're in our heads thinking about what's coming up. So uh, I know That's we like, right. I know yeah, we like yeah. quoting uh, movies. If you think about Star Wars, when Yoda was given Luke Skywalker, uh, and he was saying he's not ready, and uh, uh, Empire Strikes Back, and yeah, he yeah. says, always is mine in the future. Right. Um, never his mind on where he was at and what he was doing. Is that when he knocked him over when he was standing <laughs> upside down on his, yeah. on his hands and Yoda was standing on top yeah, of him? It was, it was um, yeah, I think he was talking to Ben at that time, wasn't he? When he was saying that he was not ready and I can't teach him. Yeah, so it's like, yeah, yeah so right. he's always looking to the future, never his mind on where he was at and what he was doing mm-hmm. at the time. So I think it's that kind of thing. So it's right, yeah. quite easy not even to pay attention to where you are because your mind is in the... There's a book called The Mandala of Time, or Mandalas or some, uh, mm-hmm. of Time, I think it is. I have to look it up and I can show. But basically, he, he draws it out, and this is, you know, and this is back to where, uh, this is the point where you're at in terms of where you bring your mind to. So, you know, we can spend a portion of our time in the past being nostalgic or um, thinking about the sort of good old days, or we can be looking to the future in anticipation and what we're going to be doing in the book. Uh, and the more time we spend in any of those, we miss what's actually around us. Yeah. And if you talk about being product, pro- productivity and those sorts of things, if you're if you're not present, you're actually less efficient yeah, than focusing on kind of where you are and what you're doing and what's around you. So I think it's 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 not saying ignore the futures that it's not there because you're constantly yeah. moving towards that. Um, but it's, yeah, are you actually paying attention to where you are? It was in the Matrix as well. Mm-hmm. Were you paying attention to what I was saying or looking at the lady in the red dress? <laughs> yeah. So it's here. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Yeah, so I think it's that kind of thing. Yeah. 
be here now. Dr. Gnafo, my uh, English professor, used to always smack us in the head with that. Two things I remember from him was be here now. <laughs> he would always yell it out when we were, I guess, looked like we were daydreaming. And if he ever said that you didn't know the answer to a question, he would always go, pretend you did know, what would you say? So he would never let you not answer a question. All right, so this whole time thing, how are we wrapping this up? Um, Let's see. In that book, Faster... Talking about time, we should be able to go on forever and ever. Why do we have a time on our podcast? Should we not just talk? Let's not go there. I'm, <laughs> not, I'm really in and out there. Should we not just talk until the sun comes yeah. up tomorrow morning? <laughs> uh, that book, Faster, by James um, Gleck, he says, uh, at least we should recognize that neither technology nor efficiency can acquire more time for you, because time is not a thing you have lost. It is not a thing you ever had. It is what you live in. You can drift in its currents or you can swim. So, there you go. I like it. Very good. See you next week? See you next week. Are you thinking about the future? No. There might not be no next week. That's okay. We'll deal with that when we get to that, that bridge, isn't it? Is that, that was a um, Tom, Tom, Tom Stopper? Cross our bridges when we get to them? burn them behind us that's the way to live i like it all right we're out of here hey everybody thanks for listening to the podcast we really enjoyed bringing you the episodes over the past two years we have a goal for 2018 to grow our audience our contemplate our community of contemplators like you and we'd really appreciate your help in fact there's a few things that you can do quite easily that would really help us out a lot one is by sharing it with other friends that you think might enjoy listening to the show. Another is going to iTunes and giving us a review, which will boost the algorithm and put the show out in front of more eyes that um, can, people can come across it. And you can financially support the show by going to the contribution section of our website. Thanks a lot.